Hey, I won't bug you too much. There are a few ways you can support the Brad and Brit cast. One of them is to shop at our Amazon store. That's shop.bradandbrit.com. Many of you have been doing this, and we certainly appreciate it. Doesn't change the price of the stuff you're buying at shop.bradandbrit.com. You can donate via PayPal. That's at Brad and Brit. On Venmo, it's BBCast. And on Cash App, it's BDUB336, BDUB336. And another great way to support us is to give us a five-star review, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify, wherever. Just give us a five-star review. Brad and Brit, Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It's the Brad and Brit cast, first one for this week. Thank you for joining us. Uh, for folks who are live with us here uh, when we do this at uh, the one thirty hour, we're a little late today because of uh, a sun's sunspots remember that that was always the excuse if you always had a half half ass engineer in radio he would always blame sunspots it could be sunspots it would always like sunspots i think occur like in early fall right around labor day or something but yeah the, you'd yeah. have certain engineers that would swear in mid-february oh it's sunspots it's a and they'd just go home and smoke some weed because that's what engineers did sure. back in the ah oh, radio what a what a quaint thing what a quaint yeah. Memory. All right, let me let me uh, let me uh, throw some some jacks out on the on the floor here. And pick some up here. Uh, number one, Bob Dole. Uh, number two, critical real estate race theory. Oh jeez. Or number three, the unbelievable Massey Twitter thread. Man, these are some. These are some quite interesting ones today. Of course, we'll stop. We'll start with Bob Dole, um, a man whose life could not have been lived much better, in my estimation. Bob Dole, the former senator from the great state of Kansas, passed away at the age of ninety-eight over the weekend. Your thoughts on Bob Dole? Right, Ex- except for that little blemish about him being the uh, first guy to go big with abortion in a debate, <laughs> and helping introduce it to help win an election. We'll put that aside, okay? We'll put that aside. But everything else, and, and by the way, everything subsequent to that, not his fault. I'm just sure. putting it. Sure. Um, uh, you know, the time span on his life is kind of everything, okay? Uh-huh. Because, uh, and as you know, you know, when he was, uh, what, 18 or 19 at the end of, of uh, World War II, the last few weeks, he gets... He gets blown up and uh, has whatever it took that uh, you and I couldn't dream of having to uh, be in a hospital for, for three and a half years right. to recover and then spend the rest of his life with a with an arm that doesn't work so that people yeah. have to button his buttons every day and, and all Correct. the kind of things that we can't even begin to imagine. So uh, there was... Obviously, no one, no one more at the forefront of disabled rights than Bob Dole. That just, just wasn't. Um, I mean, I, I heard a, I heard a story this morning. Uh, he and the late senator from Hawaii, Daniel Inouye, same generation, Correct. World War II. Both got injured. Both mm-hmm. were in the hospital together at that time, and you know, 1945, six, seven. And, of course, they became good friends and decided, what can we do to pay back our, our country for the, the uh, opportunities, which is a pretty remarkable thing to say when you've just gotten blown up 
on behalf of you, but that's those are the kind of people. That's why they're called the greatest generation. That's why they don't make movies about this generation called a fucking great generation dude, okay? It's just not the same. <laughs> um, anyway, so they both get elected to, to Congress, right? And then, in a way, gets elected as the first senator from Hawaii. This is, what, 1959. Mm-hmm. Dole doesn't make it into the Senate uh, for uh, many more years after that. I think Dole didn't get elected until uh, 74, something like that was his first term, something like that. And uh, in a way, is in this room, I don't know, cloak or whatever, wherever they meet, Dole walks in. It's his first day as a senator. And in a way, looks at him and says, what took you so long? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's the best. And who knows whether those kind of stories are absolutely positively true. They, they may not be, but we want them to be, and they're good stories. And um, I think what sticks out to me about Bob Dole, and I really do believe this, and I know it's not fair to compare people from that generation to everyone now, but you know what? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Um, and questions are asked, well, if Bob Dole was around today in, in his prime, would he be exactly like these other republicans and that's an impossible question to answer i don't think he would have a home i don't think he has a home in today's republican party i think he's one of those guys well okay but no one is the same now as they would have been 40 or 50 years ago if you could turn back but um would he have told donald trump to fuck off and flush his career down the toilet like Oh, uh, what's his name from Tennessee? Bob Corker and Jeff Blake. Those are people that early in Trump's term said, I'm not going for this shit. And and you're ruining the country. You suck. Everybody knows you suck. You suck. You're a liar. You're, you know, they called out Trump and they paid. Would Bob Dole have done that for his country? Let me let me put it this way. It would have been utterly sad and tragic if a guy who went through what he went through in world war ii and lived through it eventually bowed down to the ass of donald trump if i would have had to experience that it would have made me extremely sad so my thought is that no he would not have been that guy but as you say people do things to survive and there are a few people who have done a lot of things to kiss the ass of donald trump that i never thought would have happened so i I would hope again in my mind that it would not have happened I got I got two things. One of them was I saw a picture of him in the 1996 campaign, of course, when he was the Republican nominee running against Bill Clinton for re-election. He, of course, he was easily defeated. Um, and they were that was a picture of his headquarters. I guess this was in Washington. And there was a large banner behind Bob Dole, and it had all of these alleged scandals that were haunting Clinton. And it said Filegate, Travelgate. Then, and then it, at the bottom it said you make up your mind on November the 4th or whatever. And I thought, oh, that is so cute. That's what used to pass for a political scandal in this country. That used to be like really damaging shit that Bill Clinton was going around raping and murdering people in the back roads of Arkansas. It seems like a much quainter time, you know? Well, but to, to be uh, fair to Dole, yeah, um, and, and I think we can say this with absolute certitude, uh, yes, those were stories that were out in the public sphere bob dole didn't dig those up okay no, he didn't. didn't dig that up he and, tried to tra- he did traffic in them he did traffic in them i mean to be completely fair he was trying but, to throw it he, out there but, it didn't stick did not, 
that he didn't do opposition research as we know it today. No, he had he had about a hundred thousand people. Rush Limbaugh doing that for him. So no, he he was so again to me it seems like oh that's such a cuter era that they thought and th- and this is what is so frustrating again for people who are fans of Bill Clinton. They threw all that shit at Bill Clinton and they had nothing. And eventually he decides to get his dick sucked. And that's what turns into a huge deal. It shouldn't have. But he handed them, you know, a nuclear bomb after all of the bullshit. After all, hey, they killed Vince Foster. They, you know, they murdered people in the back roads of Arkansas using state troopers. All, all of the bullshit that they threw at Bill Clinton. That was just absolute, complete nonsense. He's he eventually, you know, gets right. his dick sucked. and I, That's a huge problem. I, I think, though. You have to look at it on balance here. Um, Because of who Bob Dole was and who uh, Bob Dole became, I think it's really fair to say he really wasn't in this for his his own glory. No. He really wasn't. I truly believe, and you've seen enough statements and you've read enough, that when he said that thing at the end of the, uh, you know, 1996 campaign that that he that he lost to, to Bill Clinton and said, you know, it, it kind of sucks to lose. But, you know, I wasn't in this for me. I really was in it for the country. So I'll be OK. You know what? Think of the graciousness of that it was. It was. <laughs> compared to uh, clown stick Von Fuckface right now who uh, still won't concede the election. I mean, it, it, it's light years now. And remember, Dole was 72 then. Sure. Sure. That was part of, yeah. of the the problem. Right. Um, but, you know, he was certainly a youthful looking 72, a good looking guy. I mean, mm-hmm. holy shit, Bob Dole. And those those pictures of him when he was a, a, a young guy, uh, especially before he got injured. You see the body on him. Holy sure. shit. He was a, he was a, a three uh, three letter athlete in high school. Now, you youngsters, a letter is what you get when you're really good at a sport. And he played <laughs> several sports. Now, nobody plays several sports in high school anymore, right? You Why would they? Why the fuck right. would they? Why There's no they? reason to do that. But, but that just means that just means you're like the best athlete in your in your high school. Well, so, Grandpa, let me tell you, the only letters we care about now are Greek letters like Delta and Omicron. So go fuck yourself with your letters. I'm tired of you with your English alphabet and shit like that. But, you know, my, my first thought, as, as it always is, because it's how I think, was, well, here's another person for whom Donald Trump, can't touch who will be held in such high esteem across yeah. the board upon his death and will have he won't have a a, a a state funeral at the level of a president but it'll be right below just like john mccain right uh a war hero and mccain had a pretty big time funeral and uh the same people are going to be at that uh I don't know whether Trump is going to be at this one or not. He actually might be. He might decide to, to crash this one. Well, look, yeah, you go back through you go back through that McCain funeral. They completely fucked that up. I mean, the the Trump family. I'm not talking about at all the McCain family. Um, you know, Javanka decided they were going to show up and swore that they were invited, and when in fact they were not, and they just they just don't give a shit. It's a place to go and have the spotlight on them and have it be about them, or so they think. Well, but, yeah. Remember, Trump is all about. Finding excuses to do things that are inexcusable, correct? Uh, not only on the face but by the facts. And because this would be his excuse to show up, even if not officially invited, he would say, "Well, he was the only uh, former Republican presidential nominee to show up in 2016 
at the convention in Cleveland. So therefore, he loved me. Well, of course, that's not true. (laughs) And and by the end of his life, and remember, Bob Dole is 98 years old and, you know, not really in in the the soundest of minds. He did check out on Trump and Trumpism. Yeah. And, and even worse, I do, I'm, I'm sure I've seen that Bob Dole committed the cardinal sin for which Trump shouldn't be forgiving him because he doesn't forgive anybody else for saying that Joe Biden won the election. OK, so so e- even a, 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 a disease rattled deathbed uh, uh, Bob Dole uh, knew the difference. So based on that, he shouldn't be invited to the funeral. But based on the he showed up at the 2016 convention, obviously because of being a Republican, not because he loved Trump. Uh, mm. Trump, of course, will misconstrue that and twist it and make it seem as if Bob Dole loved me. Right. Or they'll find a picture of, of the two of them. But no matter what Donald Trump says, no matter what sort of statement he gives about Donald Trump, just know in the back of his mind, based on what we what he said about John McCain, how he feels about Bob Dole is I like veterans who didn't turn into cripples. That's what is in Donald Trump's mind. Right. No matter what right. he well, says, yeah. no matter what platitudes are given, anything else, you know what Absolutely. this motherfucker is thinking. Right. But my first thought, my first thought was, well, Don, here's another sucker and loser. Yeah. Uh, a, guy, a guy dumb enough to go off to war and, and get himself shot up and and severely, severely injured. What what do you think of him, Don? Yeah. Must not another like him one of those? Yeah, another uh-huh. one of those suckers. So exact. I, the only I would I would give you this one because I saw this and I remember this story. I want to remember history as it truly was. This is after he comes back from the war, and Bob Dole is you know a, a shell of his former self. Physically has to rebuild himself. Has to deal with the trauma the trauma mentally of, of going through all of the being a young man who is no longer able body and he's got to live you know, another 50, 60, 70 years, whatever, and make something out of his life. This is a, from uh, part, partially from a book that was written, him, uh, written about him by B- Richard Ben Kramer. Ashamed of his ravaged body, Mr. Dole, a former basketball player and track star who had dropped from 190 pounds to 120, refused to look in the mirror except for his mother who nursed him day and night. He wanted no one to see him. Some of those who, were, some of those who did were not kind. Listen to this. When he was shipped home in his body cast, According to a 1992 biography of Mr. Dole by Richard Ben Kramer, people on the train used him for an ashtray. His mother had to pick the cigarette stubs out of his cast. So not only are you this age and you've had this ravage, you think that people are going to be like, well, I have some respect for you for being a veteran serving and fighting in the war. No, you had people who were complete assholes and treated him as a gimp. So this has gone on for a number of years. And yet the great, Part of this is that Bob Dole was able to overcome all of that, was able to fight for veterans' causes and help people his entire life. And as you say, put the 1996 election behind him. He even made fun of himself after that election. He uh, when he did the Viagra commercials, and I think he did like a Doritos oh, yeah. commercial or something. You know, forgot he, that. Yes, yeah. he had he had some good humor and stuff to oh, be able to overcome. He, he was a funny guy. I mean, he was. He, I mean, there's a list of one-liners out of him that is. I mean, it's right up there with Rickles and uh, and the rest of him. Now, I had forgotten. I had forgotten. I saw a brief clip of it. Maybe you've seen it when uh, he went. And this is right after the election, I guess. He went on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And he was standing there with Norm MacDonald, who did the imitation of of Dole. And 
my God, the two of them standing right next to each other, because that's a young Norm MacDonald. He really did look like him. And, of course, the the standard line about Bob Dole that they used on Saturday Night Live, which is how they do political imitations. They pick at one thing and just pound it, repeat it, use it a hundred times. Exactly. It was that Bob Dole would talk in the third person. Bob Dole doesn't like pizza. Bob Dole says Bob Dole doesn't like. And so Dole goes on the show, right, and says right to Norm MacDonald, don't you know that Bob Dole doesn't talk in the third person about Bob Dole? So he's doing it while he's denying it. It was great. It was great. Uh, and that, again, that, that tells you everything you need to wow. know. That, and again, he our, had that in him. Of course he had it. The classic trope on this show is why, why is Bob Dole dead? Why is Norm MacDonald dead and Donald Trump still alive? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's, no, the bow, that's the bow I'm yeah, going to put on this particular thing. story. <laughs> um, that, what are we going to do? Let's do. Oh, there is some breaking news. I do want to get that. They filed a Justice Department has sued Texas over state redistricting lines citing discrimination against Latinos. We'll have more of that as time goes on. So Merrick Garland is filing suit over Texas. So them trying to slice and dice the state up so that Republicans can stay in power, even though they don't have a majority of the votes. So that's happening uh, today. Your it's real estate ever, should happen in about 50, about 30 states. Not, yeah, not well, just, maybe this is a, you know, this is a big dog. So maybe he's trying to send a message that to these, you know, these other states that, Hey, we, we'll come after you too. Yeah. Well, the, the nothing happens till it happens. So. Let's do the uh, real estate story. Your story number oh, two on today's uh, hit list. Yeah, it, it's uh, this is this is my labeling of it. Uh, it's called uh, critical real estate race theory. Uh, this story was published late last week, um, and it didn't get a lot of attention. Uh, and this is a new version of a story that you've seen a couple of times over the last few years. We have a couple in California. Were a little bit suspicious of the way their home was getting appraised by the appraisers. They said way undervalued. Uh, they say they put the theory to test. How do they do it? Well, they effectively erased themselves from the home. And of course, now we have a fair housing lawsuit against the appraiser. It's courtesy of the San Francisco Chronicle. Paul Austin is the man's name. His wife's name is Tanisha. They had an appraiser come to their house. This is in Marin City, California. Uh, it was shock. It was shocking that the appraiser came up with a value of nine hundred ninety-five thousand dollars, because they just had the appraisal the previous year that was five hundred thousand dollars more, and the second appraiser complimented them on the four hundred thousand dollars in improvements they'd made since moving in, which doubled the square footage of the home. Really. Wow. So it got bigger and it got nicer. And of course, that hadn't been true. They just had white people stand in their place. That's great. The homeowners, uh, they they got rid of the pictures. They made you know there was there was nothing left. That, that uh, do you, do you have to have attractive white people? Do you have to have, is it attractive white people you need or just garden variety guys you find at Walmart? You just kind of throw right. them in there. That, that, that's what I would like to know. All right, so so uh, again, just again the number. So nine hundred ninety-five thousand when they got it appraised with them being in the home, and when Whitey came in and and took over, and, and was the the uh, front, uh, the appraisal went to one million four hundred eighty-two thousand, you know, five hundred grand more. Yeah. So this goes on all the time. So that's why I titled this um, "Critical Real Estate Race Theory" because 
this actually is part of yes it's embedded in american society it's embedded in the american economy it's embedded in the american ethos and it's been going on forever and you know about the numbers when it uh, uh, comes to comparing white wealth to black wealth in terms of families uh, mm-hmm. you know, the average a uh, white family has a uh, hundred and some thousand dollars in in net worth. When you total everything up, rich people poor, and and the black families have one tenth of that. It's and it's largely due, in one sense, to real estate values. Okay, and 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 this kind of demonstrates that. I think it's a it, it's great that the Chronicle out there, the San Francisco Chronicle, found the story that they did it. It's great that these people exposed it. It's it's kind of inarguable. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your defense against that, Mister Appraiser? You got caught. You got caught. You you lied. You you pretended that they improved the home and made it bigger, more square footage. Well, then of course it has to go up in price. Stop it. <laughs> it didn't happen that way. I think that's it's exactly. a, it's an important story, and um, that's that's critical real estate race theory from from my point of view. What say you, that- sir? Better, better to have a million homes overvalued than to have one child ta- caught critical race theory in a public school, Brad. Right. right. <laughs> that is my capper on that particular story. You also had another thread on your hit list, the Massey Twitter feed you wanted to discuss oh today. Oh, my God. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think folks who watch us or listen to us have seen or heard over the weekend about the uh, tweet that was sent out with a picture of a representative uh, Thomas Massey mm-hmm. of Kentucky, Republican from Kentucky, a Merry Christmas tweet. And it's a picture of him and the rest of his family. And they're all holding gigantic guns, rifles, machine guns, you know, just you know, like there are like six or seven of them gathered around the Christmas tree. And uh, under over the picture, his caption is "Merry Christmas, P.S. Santa, please bring ammo." Ha ha ha! Ah. Okay, so of course the first of oh, the liberals get triggered by this. Oh, they fell for it. Oh, he was just doing it to get them to react, and they did. And that's always the point. That's why Marjorie Taylor Greene says shit. That's why. Uh, Lauren Boebert said, and it, it works every time and it makes them more famous and blah, blah, you, you know the story. All right. So it's not funny and it's not oh, because okay. liberals don't have a sense of humor. Yes, liberals do have a sense of humor. This is not about, is it funny? Things okay, that are funny. funny. Things that are... Because it came two fucking days after the shootings yeah. in, in Michigan. Okay. That's right. So it, it's on his Twitter feed. Here's the respondent first respondent that's up here and it's from fred gutenberg fred gutenberg is the father of one of the children killed in parkland florida uh and his response is since we're sharing family photos here are mine one is the last photo i ever took of jamie the other is where she's buried because of the parkland school shooting the michigan school shooter and his family used to take photos like yours the one with people holding guns as well so he puts that in there. Now, what do you think the response is after that? 
Here well, we go. Here, I know. Here I know. Fred Fred Gutenberg has been a tireless advocate for helping people out and not get killed at schools now. Ever since uh, his child was murdered, sure. So the next guy, the next guy, uh, his name is. Oops, hit the thing wrong. Dickface three five two one seven. Scott Morfield. Ah. He's replying to Fred Gutenberg and to Representative Massey. Responsible gun ownership and defending freedom have absolutely nothing to do with evil people who use guns to kill people. As sad as I am for your loss, or he's speaking to Mr. Gutenberg, truly using emotional manipulation to advocate for a tyrannical political position is disingenuous at best. First of all, you fool, he didn't advocate for any political position in his tweet. He just mm -hmm. put up some pictures of his daughter yeah. and her gravesite. Was that advocating? Did you? Wow. Talk about getting triggered. Huh? If someone reminds you that, yes, real people have their lives destroyed, real people's families have their lives destroyed by school shootings, that's an attack, a tyrannical attack on, on your supposed sacred Second Amendment right. All of our second. No, it's not. You idiot. All right. Now I would, we have also, I would also say, just to, to add before you go into the next one, for those people that are, are Christians that are always seeing some sort of conspiracy theory that their religion is being shoved out and secularism is taking over, for somebody to use Jesus' birthday as a chance to sport some guns, fuck you guys. This Ricky Bobby uh, version of Christianity and what Jesus did, uh, where you know Ricky Bobby is at the table praying and he goes, six pounds, seven ounce baby Jesus, and then the other guy goes, hey, I, I like my... Jesus that I pray to to be the guy in the tuxedo shirt because he likes to party. This is the shit that you guys should be calling out, not a Starbucks cup or somebody not saying Merry Christmas at Target. But you guys always kind of go toward the wrong shit. Go ahead with your next statement here. Very sorry for your loss. It's unimaginable. A nightmare come to life. But no one in that photo killed Jamie your daughter, they have absolutely nothing to do with her death. On the other hand, the FBI has a lot more guns than you see in this picture, and they failed miserably to protect wow. Jamie. All right. I see an army of straw men. Is that an army of straw men that I see before me? No, no that's too, again, that, that's almost too stupid, <laughs> too to, stupid read. to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so on it goes from there. Um Meanwhile, yeah. in a moment moment of grace, I don't know if you saw this, you probably did, Dan Campbell, the coach of the Detroit Lions, dedicating the game ball to the victims of that shooting in Oxford, Michigan. It was the first victory of the season as the Detroit Lions on the last second beat the Minnesota Vikings. Dan Campbell, by any uh, stretch of the imagination, is a testosterone-filled, knuckle-dragging sort of man. But here he is. He's got the balls and the heart and the grace to see the real story. And Thomas Massey and his band of merry assholes does not. They they cannot represent anything. And I appreciate Dan Campbell for saying those people's names post-game and for bringing attention to this because it was very it was appropriate to do. And, and God bless him for what he's doing in Detroit. I hope he has many successful seasons there. But he was put in that place at that time to do that thing. And, and by the way, it's it's – it's so easy to do the right thing like that. It is. It is. But you, you, you really have to plot like an idiot. Think, think of this. A week ago, 
this shooting occurs. And mm -hmm. what does this representative from Kentucky that's I got a good idea. Hey, here's a fine idea. Let's all let's all pose with guns and I mean just think of what you have to do to get to that point. It's it's pretty stunning. I don't even know if that's the sad, the saddest part that there's going to be some of his constituent goes, "Yeah, that's my boy. I love him." You know, and and then they're going to get I, I I've always I've, I've kind of been joking in my mind over the past few days. I wonder if the NRA's legal defense fund is trying to go ahead and, and grab a bunch of money for the parents of this asshole in Michigan. Are they trying to help the, these people out? Have they circled the wagons, got the GoFundMe's up and going like that? Uh, no, but their first. I, I, I did look for this the other day. I wanted to see what their first public communication was. Yeah. After it all happened, okay, and. It was a tweet, and the timeline is 6.55 in the afternoon on November 30th. Okay. Right. Okay, so that would be on that, that day, right? Okay. Uh, that would be on the day, Monday. The day that it happened. The day that it happened. All right. So they, they, uh, they tweeted this out. It's a meme, and... A very, very sharp reader noticed a mistake in there, the kind of mistake that, that I revel in, which is a, a major spelling error. Nice. Uh, but this is the NRA, and uh, they wrote that uh, this is proof that the criminal is the problem, not an inanimate object. This is really not hard to comprehend. So they send out this meme that says in big letters, FBI crime data exposes the anti-gun left. Now, remember, this is on the day of the shooting, and we already have three dead. I don't think the fourth person died until the next day, but right. three. And they sent out this little meme, and it's it's a bar graph. Imagine, you know, three bars, and the first bar says 454 rifles. The second bar says 657 hands. The third bar says 1,732 knives. And then below that, it says types of weapons used to commit murder last year all right first of all they spelled weapons you ready w-e-a-o-n-s we are we arms they left the p out okay okay which i hadn't noticed i wish i would have but uh, it's not as if there's some accuracy to it and of course another person quickly said wait a minute um i didn't know that that rifles were the only way people get shot and killed in this country really 454 so you are you are you discounting the other 34,000 who died from hand yeah. handguns <laughs> so so this i mean is how stupid do they think we are and and by the way if 657 people got strangled to death i guess that's hand, I, I guess we have to have hand control right, right? well we to, but this so, is what they do this is they what do, they, they always and they, you know we need i guess we need a waiting period for for knives <laughs> you know they do, they do bullshit like yeah, that all the time i know, I know. I it's know. just the dumbest but, shit uh, but i I, mean, I i hope that if they do decide the nra to go hard and help defend the parents of this asshole i hope it doesn't cost wayne lapierre another house i hope he's able to get another house and not have well, to divert that I've, money to help defend these i've people. never uh, I, I don't i don't even think they're stupid enough to to uh, come to the parents defense i mean this, this is the most egregious case ever because not it isn't just a case of well the parents bought the first of all they bought the kid the gun for christmas so here it is what three weeks before christmas 
he got he got the present early. That's that's the first thing. First of all, yeah, you you sin there, right? That's a sin. Um, but they don't even have the. It, we accidentally didn't lock it up. We accidentally put it yeah. below our bed, and yeah. they, they don't even have that. They don't have any of those kinds of. You know, we were just stupid. We were just negligent kind of things. I mean, they were part and parcel to to tweeting to the kid. You know, uh, uh, don't get caught next time. Uh, all, all these kind. Of, I mean, they're in on it. They are. They are like the driver in the getaway car at the bank robbery, and the driver of the getaway car is just as guilty as the person who walks into the bank. That's the way it works. So I think they've got a pretty good case against against these folks. But Michigan, which, as you know, I'm not a big fan of just Michigan in general. For not a huge reasons. fan. Yeah, yeah, for a lot of reasons. But, but uh, you know, Michigan is one of those states where. Every time reasonable gun legislation comes up, it gets crushed by oh, Republicans yeah. it's killed. who are in that state legislature. And um, I mean, I, I I hate to go back to my to my playbook here, but we really need the child of a Republican legislator to mm-hmm. get killed in mm-hmm. one of them. we need because that's the only thing they ever respond to. Right. When it personally affects them. That's the only time you ever get movement from from republicans in this country uh in favor of any kind of social progress and we'll broadly define that as things like gun control women being able to uh, make decisions about their bodies yeah uh, all the kinds of wedgy issues that's right but, uh, until it hits a republican that's legislator true. personally you know they're they're immune from having any sense of humanity for what's best for the common good, they were. You've seen, you even seen Republicans back away from the gay stuff because a couple of Republican lawmakers ended up having gay kids. So they, you've seen some of the the hatred. Of course, that's being ramped back up by our lieutenant governor here in North Carolina. You're going to hear a lot more of that stuff coming up in the next year and a half. That that's a uh, you you've just thrown a jack out. It's way out in the corner there. Can I bring it back in? Because I think this one's worth mentioning. Because. Uh, the famous slippery slope argument, which is often used uh, inappropriately, you know, if we do this, then blah, 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 blah will happen. Well, in the case of the abortion decision, which is going to come in the spring or in the early summer, that is going to gut abortion rights in this country to some degree. Don't know how much it'll be either a lot or a hell of a lot, right? Um that will give confidence to uh, people that you've talked about, the people who are just dying to get prayer back in schools. Mm. In other words, everything that would be considered to be some kind of social progress in the country in the last hundred years is open for debate again. Mm. It really, really is. I mean, those aside remarks that have been made a couple of different times by nominees for, uh, judicial positions, cabinet nominees, when they're directly asked, do you agree with Brown versus Board of Education? And we've got a couple examples where people hedge. They hedge on that 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 separate but equal thing being taken apart in the court. They're not quite sure. You know, it might not have been such a bad in other words, everything is is back on the table. Yeah. I'm more of a I'm more of a I'm more of a Plessy versus Ferguson guy. I'm not really a Brown versus Board of Education guy. 
Right, right. Plessy shouldn't have sat in the the uh, the front of that rail car. He should have sat in the back. Like <laughs> that's, that's right. I, I think that's that was settled law, and I think that's what we need to get back to in this country. Right, right. But yeah, you know, gay marriage, which was an impossible thing. It was never going to be codified. It was never going to be accepted. Certainly at the federal level. Um. Suddenly, it was. You know, and you can sort of thank Joe Biden. He got the ball rolling on it, and Barack Obama decided that uh, maybe it was possible, and they and it went through the courts, and it was very quickly decided that no state should be preventing this from happening. And uh, so the Supreme Court put its stamp of approval on gay marriage. Well, my God, if Roe versus Wade is not settled law that should be respected. I mean, that one's 50 years old and mm-hmm. that one demonstrably. And this is the this is what's so sickening about it. The number of abortions in this country has been going down, 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 down sure. for, for sure. years, decades. It's been going down. And as it goes down, the ones that are being done are, are being done more safely and efficiently mm-hmm. probably than ever before. And these are extreme so now, cases. What are you doing? You're, 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 you're setting it up so that you have, you know, this this two tier system in the country, states like New York, California, Massachusetts, where people will run to. And I guess even North Carolina right now, as long as Roy Cooper is governor, will still be a place where uh, you can get an abortion if you need one. Um of course, if you want one, and they all want them, you know, they, yeah, they really right. like them. That's what I, I want. I don't know whether to go to the mall today or get an abortion. Yeah, I think that's why, I, I got to be honest with you, I think that's why a lot of women get pregnant in the first place, just so they can have the abortion. I go to that. Right. I think that's what's happening. Uh, and, and and rest assured, it's going to be that, well, it should be up to the states. And if you're in Arkansas, you're fucked. But if you're in New York, you're okay. If you're in Alabama, you're fucked. If you're in California, well, you're no, That you. is going to be. Uh, that is not a... And then, but that, the, you're, you know, it's going to come to the fact that if you transport somebody across state lines, that's going, they're going to try to make that into an illegal activity right. as well. So, I mean, that's, that, right. that's just baked you into know. the cake. So, right. but the reason you know that, the, that is, yeah, that, that is a reconstitution of the Fugitive Slave Act. It is. Where Absolutely. If a slave escaped from a slave state uh, to a free state, you could go get them. You could send Dog the Bounty Hunter, his grandpa. To, to grab them back as they was your property. as it, Or as it was known back in the days and still enshrined in the Constitution, a militia. That's what a militia was. That was folks that were posseed up to go get the slaves. Uh, this one may be too dumb for us to talk about, but it is making news today. Trump's new media deal draws SEC scrutiny of one company involved. This is this stupid social media thing, which I think drew about... 300 million bucks or something something like that, an initial public offering. So the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission is uh, right into it, Brad. They are, are into Donald Trump's bullshit, and they see what he's doing. Well, this is where you and I part company. This man is a great businessman. <laughs> uh, you, you, don't, you don't even begin to understand the intricacies of the brilliance of the financial engineering that this, this great man has done for our country. Okay, don't don't give me this crap about Bob Dole. Okay, Bob Dole had how many houses when he died? They couldn't even count how many homes. Oh he yeah, had. it was, oh, so it was got, insane. Uh, just uh, he just just uh, raped the government for, for. I so hope that they shut this fucker down. 
that they come up with uh, the evidence very quickly that there's not one scintilla of legitimacy to what they're doing. And by the way, this way of financing uh, startups is, you know, it's being done a lot sure it all is. over the place. And, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it kind of crashes. Today, there's one that, that, that uh, came out. You're familiar with it. It's called BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed mm-hmm. went SPAC today. Okay. And uh, it, it opened higher and then it, it went into the toilet. I don't know where, where it is right now. But again, but that's a legitimate business. They do stuff. They have advertising. They may make it. They may not. And they thought that this was the time to do this. In terms of Trump, uh, just how many months, how many years will we go with nothing to show for it but money having been transacted somehow that ends up in Trump's pocket? How, yeah. You want to go uh, over and under on how many months we'll, we'll, we'll hear about that? Uh, forever. And I mean, it's uh, some of this stuff goes back into the, I think, the auspices of money laundering, if anybody looks into this enough. Yeah. And I think there are enough people looking into this stuff. Did, did you hear, uh, did you, uh, somebody, well, now that uh, there's going to be a new CEO of Twitter, maybe Trump will be able to get back on Twitter. And I think that one got, that lasted about three seconds. So mm. fuck no, there's no way he's getting I think back on pe- people would like to think that Jack Dorsey was the hardcore guy. He really wasn't. I mean, he was. He's he's not the hardcore guy, and anybody would say, you know, yeah. Trump's not going to be. He back seemed kind of libertarianish to me. Yeah, I mean, people will say that. Last piece of Donald uh, Trump stuff that probably will be too stupid for us to talk about. Trump brags to Mark Levin he stayed in office four years because he fired James Coney. Uh, Comey. That is the latest interview with uh, Donald John Trump to the great Mark Levine. The great one is what they call Mark Levine. No, that's what Sean Hannity calls him. Oh, no, that's what, that's what, oh, yeah. And by the way, the great one will always be Jackie Gleason. For always and forever. Be the great Jackie Gleason. Who left us some 35 years ago. Uh, Yes. So that, that would be too stupid for us to talk about, correct? Yeah, well, well, it is because it's under that headline, of um, Trump believing and until he gets taken away in handcuffs and until he can't run for president anymore and until he gets out of our lives and until he's dead, he keeps getting away with things that are as bad or worse than we knew them to be at the time as they were happening in real time. And uh, this would be another one. Did you think that that he uh, tried to get rid of Comey uh, because he didn't like the kind of suits Comey wore to the office? No, he got rid of Comey because Comey was kind of on to him mm-hmm. and wasn't taking his shit. Or even worse, he disrespected him in that, that moment, right? He disrespected him and then wrote everything down yep. and he got rid of him. And so he's bragging about the fact that, uh, yeah, isn't that, isn't that great? So did, is that illegal? No. Is, is Trump a bigger asshole than we could imagine? No, because we, we have imagined exactly how big an asshole he is, and it, it's, always, it's always at that point where, you know, it, it's another, uh, it's not surprising, it's not shocking, it's par for the course for him, and uh, uh, when he dies, there will be partying in the streets. That's all I can say. It's not going to be like Bob Dole. It's not going to be like John McCain. It's not going to be like George H.W. Bush. It's not going to be like Colin Powell. It's not going to be that way at all. Uh, there will be. You're saying when Donald Trump, drives, 
When, when Donald Trump dies, he's going to be swinging, swaying, records playing, and dancing in the streets. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Down in New Orleans, Philadelphia, <laughs> PA, <laughs> Detroit don't City. The, don't forget yeah. the Motor City. 